Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, mindfulness is great, but why is it hard? With us in our virtual studio is Dr. Zalubska. We did an interview with her two years ago on a related topic. It was spectacular, so we're really excited about um, our show tonight. Uh, before we get into things, number one, Lori DePar is again hosting the Succeed with ADAC Telesummit. This is the 2019 version. It is scheduled for July the 15th through the 19th. There's a host of experts that are being interviewed. I'm grateful that uh, I was invited to talk about basic truths, which is a real fun and kind of insightful presentation that I give. Uh, to learn more about the program and to sign up, go to Succeed with ADHD Telesummit forward slash ATR. Also want to announce not too early to start planning for the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD. It's November the 7th through the 9th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We have a lot of great content on Attention Talk Radio, and, and tonight's show is, is, is going to be one of them. But the reason to go to the conference is you learn so much from the content there, from the workshops, but you learn so much more from being with the tribe, talking to presenters after they're presenting, talking to people in the halls, at lunch, and just the whole vibe. Really encourage you, if you can find a way to, to, to make it to the conference, I'm, I guarantee it will transform your life. Uh, you can learn more about the conference and sign up by going to chadd.org. C-H-A-D-D, or CHAD, stands for Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and they have been a longtime supporter of our show. And in celebration um, of that, uh, we are offering to give away uh, copies of Attention Magazine in a PDF form. So to do this, you get two of them. All you have to do is listen to our show, and we're going to give out um, a secret word a couple times through the show, so just write that down. Listen to another one of our shows, write down the secret word to that, and then email me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. All you have to do is just write our, the secret word, and we will forward that on, and we will get you PDF copies of the most current issue of Attention Magazine and the one that will be next published. So, again, uh, write down the secret word and email to me at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Chad's got a little tip that we're going to share with you, and then we'll get into the show. So let's roll the tape. Organization can be a real challenge for some adults with ADHD in the workplace. Set goals and create a system you can follow and put into actionable steps, like finding time to focus without disruption. Prioritize important items and track your daily success. Learn more workplace coping skills at chad.org. That's C-H-A-D-D dot O-R-G. Thanks again, Chad, for your continued support of Attention Talk Radio. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. For our regular listeners, you know that I, uh, I kind of preach this. Uh, we all need to contribute to Chad, whether you're a member or just donate. Uh, Chad is the one that's on Capitol Hill that's uh, lobbying and advocating for the community and or working a regulatory agency after laws are passed to make sure that definitions and uh, accommodations are, uh, are appropriate. 
uh, a strong financial, Chad is a strong um, financial ADHD community or strong ADHD community in general because they advocate. If you become a member, there's a lot of great member benefits, um, so it's worth it, worth the price. But uh, we encourage you to, uh, to, to become a member or at least donate. Uh, to learn more about that, go to their website at chadd.org. Okay, so let's get into uh, our show tonight. Uh, with us again is Dr. Zalowska. She's a professor at UMN, Department of Psychiatry. She completed her psych- psychiatry training at UCLA and pursued additional training in mindfulness and integrative medicine. She's a graduate uh, of UCLA Center of East West Medicine and a diplomat at the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine. She's pioneered the application of mindfulness in ADHD and developed a mindfulness awareness practices, or short uh, maps, uh, for ADHD program. She's a co-founding member of UCLA Mindful Awareness Research and the author, or author of a award-winning book, The Mindfulness Prescription for Adult ADHD. That, all that, Dr. Velasco, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, Jeff. Nice to be here. I'm, I'm thrilled. Everyone, a big picture overview of this. Years ago, uh, we did. Uh, I wrote off to a whole bunch of specialists uh, or ADHD community and talked about mindfulness. And we wanted to get an idea, kind of poll the crowd. Was mindfulness helpful for those with ADHD? And was it more difficult for people with ADHD to practice it? And overwhelming, we got 100% return that it was very beneficial for people with ADHD. And almost everybody agreed it was a little bit more challenging. Um, subsequent to that, back in March of 2017, uh, Lydia came on our show, and we had a great conversation about um, mindfulness, and we talked about it being kind of a two parts. One is a shift um, in attention, and the other one is kind of a shift in attitude. It was very profound to me. I really um, I had noticed that kind of tangentially the two different steps, but I never really pulled it together, and it really, really made it gel for me, and it really kind of made a lot of sense. And I want to just touch base with her for a second on that, but we did not really want to start to move into this, this such a good thing, but it's a little bit more difficult for people with ADHD. So but if you kind of go back, we talk about mindset. Can you just kind of talk about what mindset is um, to you a little bit and what mindset is and mindfulness, uh, and we'll just kind of go from there. Well, I, you know, different people talk about mindset uh, in different ways. Um, you know, to me, mind, mindset is how you frame your experience. And certainly mindfulness has a way of of going about that. Um, so as we talked about the attention and the attitude piece, those are the key components of mindfulness. And they emphasize being, you know, attending or shifting attention to the present moment. And there are lots of things in the present moment. But, um, you know, valuing your inner experience in the present moment. Um, and the attitude piece has to do with uh, openness, being non-judgmental, being compassionate. So if you have a, you could say you have a mindful mindset um, as you approach different moments in your life, um, you can, you know, you can coach yourself in a way to say, well, let me focus on the present moment right now. Let me focus on my breath because I know this will help me. Uh, or let me check in with my feelings. Um, and then doing it with that sense of, uh, openness and curiosity and non-judgment, which is really the opposite of the inner critic or, you know, having a lot of kind of mental judgments about what's going on and should I should I be having it, should I not be having it, what's wrong with me if I'm having it. So having this openness really enables you to be with what is and then learn from it. I, I like how you describe 
really kind of frame that out. And one of the things that I really take from this is we talk about mindfulness practice and as an athlete, practice and exercise kind of go hand in hand. And so to me, it's a thing that you sit down and you notice, you check in with what you're paying attention to and you check in with your feelings and different time your mind drifts off. And for people with ADHD, it's a great exercise because you kind of keep catching yourself and pausing it and bringing it back to to what you're doing. And for me, it's like building a skill, building a, you know, a practice of that, which I think is very helpful for people with ADHD because of the core issue is self-regulation, the ability to pause and direct an action back on yourself to change the future. And so for me, this really makes a lot of sense how it can be very beneficial for those with ADHD to practice it. But practice is not always the easiest thing. That, At least from my perspective, would you agree or, or what are your thoughts? Um, I agree. Um, you know, mindfulness is a type of mental exercise or mental practice, and repetition is important so for it to be easier over time and, and you know, for you to even um, draw from it over time, like remember to use it. Um, but it is, you know, like exercise, like physical exercise. It requires effort, requires motivation, requires time. Um, and as you know, and it, it's it's not by itself an exciting activity. Uh, you know, and especially if you have ADHD, it's hard to do it because, especially the formal practices of mindfulness are are about you know you're asked to sit still, to be quiet for some time. Um, so you have to deal with restlessness, or maybe you have to deal with you know an, an urge to do something. So it, it it's not a natural thing to just say, okay, I'm going to sit down and be quiet for a little bit. It's not an easy and sometimes uncomfortable, um, you know, practice for people. It's not easy. And when you said not comfortable, it's funny because I've done some shows on boredom, and we talk about agitated boredom. Um, and the definition of agitated is a physical discomfort where one is motivated to escape the plight. So, in other words, you're so uncomfortable, you want to get comfortable. And actually to stop and sit down and slow things down it's, I've, I've talked to people with ADHD, and they, they do describe this, this, that they're uncomfortable. It's like they got to leap up and kind of go do something, which is, is again, I like to underscore it's, it's not easy. It's uncomfortable. This is actually really pretty hard. Uh, but I've learned right. over here sometimes acknowledge things that are hard that are hard because if you say that they're easy and they're really, really hard, you're not really giving them the respect that they do, and you minimize it. And so what I'm hearing is this isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do because it requires people with ADHD to self-regulate, which is the very thing that they have difficulty with. You know, with, with um, building a skill, to really learn a skill, there's usually amount of effort and sort of, um, you know, discomfort before you get better. Um, and that's also true with mindfulness. And so the mindfulness practice is always harder when you're a beginner and then when you you know, get a hang of it, it becomes easier. At the same time, there's so many different ways to practice mindfulness that I always encourage people to find a way that works for you. Um, and if sitting practice is difficult, uh, don't do it by yourself. Try it with other people because that's usually easier. Um, but also explore other ways like mindful walking, mindful movement, mindful gardening, um, and then also the informal practice. What I mean by that is the, the, those brief moments of shifting in your daily life to notice you, the present moment. And that can be very brief. That doesn't require, you know, sitting still for long periods of time, which is difficult. So that informal practice can be really, um, I think it's a good match for ADHD. 
and it can also you can you can break it down to you know what do I what am I doing with my attention what am I doing with my attitude and sometimes do both and sometimes just do one and I can expand on that absolutely I tell you what I want to dig into those a little bit more deep but I need to go to a break right now um, everyone our secret word tonight is great again our secret word tonight is great and I encourage you um, Lydia the, your, your book can be found on Amazon is that right that's correct and you spell Lydia's last name is uh, Z-Y-L-O-W-S-K-A, L-I-D-I-A, Z-Y-L-O-W-S-K-A, and her book is The Mindfulness Prescription for Adult ADHD. We encourage you to look that up, um, and everyone, we're going to come back in a few minutes after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation with Lydia Zalewska uh, regarding the practice of mindfulness. Uh, remind everyone out there, uh, we did a, a fantastic show with her that uh, we got into a lot more detail about it, uh, not, the, not the execution of it, but what it is in the show uh, called Paying Attention to Attention and Attitude. So if you Google Attention Talk Radio and Attention to Attention and Attitude, it should come up and you can go back and listen to that show. Um, so, Lydia, and, and kind of moving forward, I think we talked about this in the last year just kind of briefly, and I know that I've done this a little bit. Sometimes when I work with people with ADHD, we start with just – it doesn't have to be for a long time. We can sit down and, and do it sometimes for just as little as 30 seconds. I know I was working with a lawyer one time, and he decided that focusing on a candle was a place for him to start. And he originally got off the phone. He said, I'm going to do it for five minutes. And he came back, and he said, all I could muster was 20 seconds first, and then I worked my way up to 30. Uh, is, 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 is that really the best, a good way of kind of starting realizing that, you know, you don't have to do it for 30 minutes, that you can do it for as little as 15 seconds or 20 seconds to kind of build that over time? You know, you start where you can, 
And I think you just start, you know, what is easy for you, uh, and then build it up gradually. I think that's a general principle for anyone with ADHD attempting to do anything. Um, and that's true for mindfulness, too. You know, start where you can. And for some people, it may be, you know, just starting with, as you said, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. It could be just, could I watch one breath? Um, and what is that like if I watch one breath? What happens to me? You know, is it what happens to my attention? What do I notice about it? And it's really starting, it, you start at a point where you can create some uh, curiosity about this process for the person. Uh, and not, not say you have to do this, you have to do it this way, um, you have to do it for this long. That can really be intimidating, can turn people off. Um, and so, so it's really important to, to just engage the person, say, what, you know, what do you think about it? How, how, how about we start very, you know, we're very, something very little? Um, how about we just notice that you can move your attention from, from place to place first? You know, look around the room. Do you notice that you can, are moving the attention? So you even start with that. You know, it's not even a meditation practice yet, just a curiosity about attention. Wow. So that's almost kind of pay attention to what you're noticing around the room? Yes. You can say, you know, can you notice that you're looking around and how you're shifting your attention from this picture to maybe this furniture? Just observe that process. Can you witness yourself directing your attention? And then you can encourage the person to say, how about you shift inward? Notice what it is to be paying attention outward and inward. And how about if you close your eyes? Is that comfortable or not comfortable? What, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm having a little know, bit of an aha. I, I, I haven't really thought about mindfulness, but I've had people with ADHD where um, maybe – awareness, not necessarily mindfulness, but I have them kind of stop every once in a while and kind of narrate themselves. Like, there I am in a meeting, there I am doodling, my mind's wandering all over the place, I'm not engaged in the meeting. Is that kind of a form of mindfulness, like really almost like to look it down at yourself in the third person to kind of watch what you're doing in the present? Or is that just is that yeah. something a little different? No, it's, it's, uh, it's a similar process. And oftentimes with mindfulness, <clears throat> excuse me, we talk about witnessing, witnessing what is. In, a, in this kind of open, non-judgmental way. So if you're narrating yourself and you, you're just giving yourself permission to say, I'm noticing this, I'm noticing that, I'm noticing that, now it's, this is happening, now this is happening. So it is this mindful awareness stance of saying, I am watching what's happening moment by moment. Um, and so meditation practice is one way to do it, but you could do it with, as you said, maybe this writing down. Um, uh-huh. Uh, it could be even talking out loud. Um, so that happens yep. in therapy or maybe in coaching relationship. You know, you, you ask the person to, to say, well, why, why don't you focus on your body right now and tell me how it feels? Or, mm-hmm. do you, you know, do you feel any, you know, is there tension? Is there restlessness? Do you notice any thoughts or feelings? And the person can say it out loud. Um, so that's not per se silent meditation practice, but it's a mindfulness or mindful awareness practice. It's kind of stopping and checking in and, and learning to notice. It's, there, there's some ice. Um, passive attention to me is like rubbernecking. You're driving along and there's a, a wreck and it's there. It's, it comes into your field of view. Directed attention is like going up and walking outside and looking for a four-leaf clover in the grass with a bunch of other clover. And to me, 
basically people with ADHD, Dr. Barkley talks about ADHD as like the two-level system. You have the automatic brain, and then you have the executive functioning brain that's very effortful because it's got to step in and override that automatic brain. And that pausing every once in a while and directing your attention just to check in. And, again, it's still the same thing. We're practicing exercising to stop and think and bringing it to the moment as a way to kind of help you notice your thoughts so that you can catch yourself, um, I guess, I guess with more intent and redirect what you're doing. Again, it's an awareness and a mindfulness of what you are and what you're thinking to make that happen. So it really makes a lot of sense to me. Um, right. And just to add to ahead. that, you know, the automatic pilot is often talked about in mindfulness. You know, things happen automatically all the time. Your thoughts can happen automatically. Your behavior can happen automatically. How you react could be automatic. So mindfulness is really the antidote to that, that instead of just doing it and not really – being intentional about it or not fully even being aware that you're doing it, that you bring more awareness, you bring more intentionality, how, you know, how you are in the present moment, how you're reacting, uh, you know, you're noticing your thinking, you have some choice about it too. Uh, same thing with behavior. So it's awareness and it's also choice that happens. Absolutely. Tell you what, when I go to break and we come back, I'm going to talk about different types of things because different ideas and different thoughts for people to begin to brainstorm about how they can kind of begin with some of this. Uh, and going to break, everyone, again, you need to go to Amazon and uh, you need to search for Lydia. Uh, her last name is spelled C-Y-L-O-W-S-K-A and search for her book, The Mindfulness Prescription for Adult ADHD. Go check it out. Go download it. Go read it. I'm sure that you'll learn a ton from it. Remember, everybody, our secret word tonight is great. Our secret word tonight is great. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're with Lydia Zalusko. We're having a great conversation about mindfulness and the execution of it. We were talking a little bit about mindfulness. We've been talking about, you know, start small, start easy, and some different types of things. Uh, kind of want to shift and, like, give people maybe some tips of things that they can do, because I think when people think of mindfulness, they sometimes they get lost in maybe this, like, thing and, 
And, you know, Lydia, I'm interested in your thoughts. I know I've had people that I've worked with before that, particularly when they like music, I'll have them just kind of sit and like try to listen to music and just focus on like the bass guitar. Um, just for that, try to tune everything out. And when they start to, to start to hear maybe even out the birds chirp and something like that, go back and listen for that. Is that something that makes sense to you? Is that, is that really kind of my mindfulness and a place to start for some? Yes, um, I think it's uh, music is engaging and can go be it can make the practice more, um, you know, novel and and interesting. You know, you music is very good for attention training. So noticing different instruments, you can notice how your attention is drawn to things, or maybe how it skips, moves. So awareness of attention, music can can be really a great place to to start, or you know, sounds as well. Uh-huh. You know, even uh-huh. ambient sounds having a person listen to sounds and notice they're, you know, coming and going. And then what happens when you hear the sound? What happens to your mind? Are you making a story? Are there pictures that come up in your mind? So, you know, mindfulness of sound or music is is, is a great practice. Um, in terms of um, the other aspects of meditation, which is often that you try to relax, you know, mindfulness, uh, music can be helpful with that too. So you can use music in different ways. You can use music as a way to, tr- to you know, be, pay attention and train attention. But you can also help uh, use music to help people relax and get to a place where they can actually be more comfortable sitting. And then maybe shift to noticing your breath. Um, so music can actually ease you into a practice. Um, okay. So there's different okay. ways how you can guide person around music, using music for, for the purpose of, of of learning about mindfulness, um, okay. if that makes sense. There's some other tips um, to help or, or, or other ways that people can be kind of mindful every day. You talked about just kind of noticing your posture or even there's walking mindfulness, right? Right. So I always say there's so many things in the present moment that you can pay attention to. That could be sounds, that could be uh, movement, your own movement, for example, so walking, uh, sensations in the body, lots of different sensations, whether it's like tension in your face or your shoulders or maybe noticing the sensations at your feet. Um, you can notice your thoughts, your feelings, your energy. Um, you know, you can taste things. You can look at things. You can use your five senses. So um, if you kind of take that in, you can almost say, if I have an intention to notice the present moment. Um, let me see what draws my attention to the present moment. Or can I direct it to something on purpose? So it's almost like it's more about pausing and stopping and having this intention mm-hmm. to connect with the present moment uh, that matters, uh, you know, in daily life. And then, depending on what's happening in that moment, you could say, you know, what's, what I'm really noticing is that, I'm, that it's really loud. So notice the sounds and, you know, instead yep. of just – Notice the reaction to it, too. Um, you know, the mindfulness practice always brings you back to your body because the body is such a um, source of information that's often missed with ADHD because ADHD attention is often, in ADHD attention is, you know, hijacked elsewhere. Or is it, you know, nope. something that's happening in the outside or your busy mind? So you don't always connect with what am I feeling? Feelings are always in the body, right? Emotions live yep. in the body. So noticing your body is is such a often radical shift for people. So if you could just have the yeah. intention, if, you know, when I go about my day, I want to connect periodically with my body. 
notice how you know how am I feeling? Is there tension? What what are my muscles like? What is, what is my breathing like? And then you also have an opportunity to say, can I take a deeper breath? Can I relax my face? Can I relax my shoulders? And if you just practice that, that's a huge change. You can learn from that doing that. You know, and, and so and, I, I can't help. Um, my my mind is like spinning right now. So everybody, what she's describing, we've done shows on this before. So we did a show with um, uh, uh, Autumn Zatani. I've talked about this before. She heads all the curriculum at Sesame Street, the TV show, the apps, the YouTube channel, everything. And in season 43, they focused on self-regulation, and part of that was emotional self-regulation. And they used the um, puppets, or the Muppets, if you will, to help the kids begin to, to notice emotion, how it felt in the body, and put names with it. And the idea for emotional self-regulation was to go listen to the body. The body doesn't lie. When you feel that thing in your stomach or that anxiety in your neck, they would identify, and then they can belly breathe and kind of count to three to kind of downregulate. And really going to the body and noticing the body, they were really teaching the kids to notice how they feel to become more aware. In another show we yep. did with Dr. Roberto Olivardi uh, on losing weight with ADHD and mindfulness eating where – you have a bite and you put down your fork or your, or your, your utensil after every bite that you have and you stop and you savor that and then you have it and you begin to focus on the flavors and the intention of that stuff to really stop and enjoy it. And what he had described, because he himself had done it for a period of time and lost some weight, again, this is very purposeful, noticing, stopping, put it down, notice the flavors, notice the taste, noticing how it feels. These things can be – you can do these. You can find time to do this during the day all the time. Now, not always the easiest thing to do, but focusing really on the body and what Lindy is talking about has been the underpinning of many, many shows, many shows, and I really think that speaks to the power of this. Is that anything you'd like to add to that? Um, I think that's a great way. You know, the story about how children are being um, taught with, with Muppets and, or, you know, with puppets just to focus on the body. I mean, that kind of instruction is so needed with adults, too. Because often, you know, how we treat our emotions um, is, you know, it's, it's in some way, um, you know, towards it when you're a child. Maybe you had strong emotions, somebody criticized it, or, um, you know, you didn't have the support to really understand what your experience was. Um, so it, it's really important to kind of almost talk to that younger part of yourself and trying to understand, you know, um, how am I with my emotions? You know, am I able to have them? And what emotions are easy for me to have and what are not? And you can really learn that by being paying attention to your body in different situations and, and trying to bring some language to your experience, like naming it. So in mindfulness practice, you, you know, there's a practice called RAIN. When you just, you know, sit, you, you Try to notice what are the emotions. So you recognize, is there emotion or not? Do I feel something slight, maybe something strong? Um, then accept that you're having it. That's a huge step because people might not like how, how they're feeling. They may judge themselves for having a feeling. And that's really true with, like, feelings of shame or fear. You know, nobody likes to have those feelings. But when it comes up, it is helpful to, to you know, recognize this is what's coming up for me, accepting it. You know, it's okay I'm having it. It doesn't mean that I'm a weak person or a bad person or something's wrong with me for having it. Can I just accept it? And then investigate a little bit more. So pay attention to your body. How, how does this feel? You know, what, what else are you noticing about your thoughts or your feelings? 
And then through that process, you often can be, again, have a little bit of space from it. And that space is critical because you no longer identified with, with this feeling. You can actually be a bit of a scientist of it. I can't help but tell the story because I was working with an individual many, many years ago, and we were talking about shame a little bit. They were seeing a therapist. I'm coaching them, so shame sounds like it's kind of therapy, but I was, we were having this conversation, and she was really tapping in to her experience. And I was asking, well, tell me about what was going on. Like, I didn't want to talk about the shame piece of it, but I just really wanted to understand a couple times when she did that. And it was funny, as I listened to the pattern, I began to realize that she felt shame when she was asking somebody for The fun thing about what I do, just out of nowhere, you get these ideas. And I said, well, what would it be like if you quit asking for advice and just ask for people's experience? It was interesting because there was a watershed moment in that moment where she had realized that when you ask people for their advice, they give it to you. And if you don't take it, she felt shame as a result of it. But if you ask them for their experience, they share the experience, and you don't necessarily have to to take it. (laughs) My point in this is, is by being mindful, pausing, and noticing what's going on and beginning to notice your surroundings, at least the coaching, sometimes we can begin to witness what's going on and say, hey, let's not – Let's just try different. Rather than ask people for their advice, ask people for their experience and thereby get out of the the feeling that you actually have to do what they're telling you to do because you're not asking for their advice. And I'm just kind of sharing this kind of tangentially because that awareness sometimes, not only of how you are or what's kind of going on, sometimes there's situational variabilities. You can say, hey, listen, if I just do this a little differently, it'll happen. And that experience for me has been fun over the years because I've shared that many times with people I've coached. Let's not ask people for advice. Let's just ask experience, and it's interesting how it changes the um, the dynamics of the situation, and then people begin to feel different. So I didn't mean to go too far off track, but um, forgive no. me, but I just had um, to kind of throw that in there, because um, a lot of people have found that to be very valuable. So anyway. No, I, um, I love it. I think it's a, it's a really nice shift, and you can be, you know, you can be curious about what is it if I say I want advice from someone, how do I feel about it? What does that, you know, what... How do I act when I say, could I have your advice? Or, or what if I say, you know, share, you ask someone to share their experience? So that's where mindfulness can be very helpful. It's giving yourself permission to say, let me just, you know, pay attention a bit more how I'm being affected by things. Without, again, without judging yourself, being really, I really emphasize this word curious, because I think that really, you know, ADHD adults are naturally curious. So if you give yourself permission, I want to be curious, and it's, Again, it's it's whatever comes up, I'm going to be open to it, or I'm going to have compassion for myself for have for having this experience. So you get away from from the critic. Um, you know, then you can really learn. You can really learn what works too. for you. A, a psychiatrist comes to me one time. And once coaching, uh, they, they say they have a time management problem. And basically, they were late. And I was, I, I was getting curious. I'm like, well, how late are you? And I'm oh, 10, 15 minutes late. And I'm just getting curious. So this is a very coach thing, but I'll get to the mindfulness part in a second. So I'm asking this question. I finally say, you know, are you ever an hour late? And they said, yeah, daylight savings time. You're an hour early. And like daylight savings time. Anyway, after talking to them for a period of time, I said, so, again, this is a psychiatrist with ADHD that diagnoses and treats people with ADHD. I said, so what I'm hearing you say is you're 10 to 15 minutes late, like 99% of the time. And they said, yeah. And I said, well, what's your system? And they're like, what? I go, if you always, if you manage to always be 10 or 15 minutes late, you have to have a system. And, again, I'm just getting kind of curious about what's going on. And mm-hmm. it's funny. They blurted out, I don't know, I just don't like to be bored. 
And it's funny because mm. in that moment, they were kind of like stopping and thinking about what was going on. And they said they don't like board. I go, there you go. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, that explains why all the timing systems and all that, all the calendars aren't working because underlying is you don't really want to be bored. I won't go on the story much further because we were able to manage it because by being mindful and stopping and being aware of the situation and how he was feeling, we actually got to, well, you can set an alarm and do all that stuff in the world, but that's not why you're late all the time. You just don't like to be bored. So to walk into a patient's office where the nurse is still doing some stuff, he was bored, so he would always want to come in later. And, again, it's a little bit off topic, but just that awareness and be curious about what you're doing and why you're doing it can really lead to some amazing insights and can transform the way you're actually trying to solve the problem. So, anyway, Lydia, thanks for letting me tell that story. I hope I didn't want to interrupt him, but it's – no, that's a great example also how emotions motivate us, right? You know, lateness is one example. Procrastination will be another. You know, when you're procrastinating on something, you know, it's it's good to ask, you know, how am I feeling about this task? Or what does that bring up in me? Even if when I think about doing my mail, my taxes, or maybe calling someone, you know, what happens? Do I have a pit in my stomach? Do I feel overwhelmed? Do I feel like I... You know, I don't know what to do, and so there's a sense of helplessness. You know, is there a fear of being criticized, you know, that you already feel like you're coming in maybe with it, you know, feeling guilty or ashamed that I'm in this position, right? And how can I even approach my – that happens a lot with finances, right? How can I even look at my finances? I already feel so bad about it. Um, So the more you can kind of give yourself a space to to notice those feelings, kind of have – um, you know, have a have a way of, of being aware of what's going on, having compassion. I again, compassion, compassion. I, mindfulness. The value of mindfulness is attention and attitude. And we often talk about this curiosity, but it, as important as compassion, um, because you know, often these negative feelings stop us from doing yep. what we want to do. Um, you need to kind of pull this thing out. Any last tips before we call it a day? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of say, you know, mindfulness is a practice, and it it is hard. So just, again, having even compassion to yourself. This is hard. I sometimes do it. Sometimes I don't do it. I fall off the wagon. Sometimes I'm better. But like with exercise, you know, you start small. If you can kind of chunk your practice, do, you know, 30 seconds, one minute, five minutes, start with that. Uh, Use other people to help you. So be part of a class or a group. Or maybe find, you know, a friend that's trying to do the same thing as you do. And maybe you can text each other and support each other in that. Um, use nature. I think exercising in nature is often more uh, conducive to people. So is, so is mindfulness practice. So mindful walk in nature, for example, or sitting by the ocean or by the lake. You know, that can really make you more present. There's nature kind of helps you shift into the present. Um, so, I, you know, I would do that. Um, and then using reminders on your calendar, using reminders on your, um, you know, maybe it's a fridge that you just have a cue for yourself, you know, for I'm going to pay attention to my breath more and my body throughout this week. Or, you know, if you, you can follow, you know, some of these exercises that are in my book, and for each week you can have something new that you try, and then you can decide this really resonated with me. I really like doing this um, on a sort of sustained basis. Um I, you know, having some tools like apps can help too. Sometimes some of the mindfulness apps can give you nudges or gentle reminders to reengage, and you know that's helpful. 
with anything, right, that you want to be consistent with yep. to have these these reminders and these nudges. Um, so I would say, you know, those are the, the things. And, you know, start where you are. And and if you're working with someone who knows mindfulness, be really open about what's what's happening for you. Don't feel like you have to, again, being being empowered to say, this is hard for me. Can we problem solve what would work for me? And, Absolutely. you know, pure mindfulness is, is silent meditation, but I think for ADHD, creating ways that makes it more interesting with music, maybe with a candle, being in nature, that often helps people. Gardening, for example. To sound eerily, I do a lot of presentations on ADHD and exercise, and I always I talk about the benefits of exercise, but at some point in time I go, I ask everybody, what is – what is the opposite? How much exercise should you do, and what is the best exercise? And people start giving me prescriptions like 30 minutes of cardio and whatever. It's funny. I go, how much you should do is the amount that you will do. To walk around the house once, that's what you should do. That's where you should start. And what, you sh- what kind of exercise you should do is the one that you will do. And I'm hearing how much meditation should you do, the amount that you will do. So if it's, you have to start with five seconds, let's start there. And what type of meditation or what's the best form is read uh, Lydia's book, get some ideas. The, the ones that works are the ones that work, the ones that you like, and just start somewhere. Realize it's not the easiest thing. And uh, ain't kind of work up from there because I think there's no question in my mind, all of us need the mindfulness. Um, I got Kirsten Milliken, who was a co host of mine a period of time ago, just asked me about the ideas shows, and I said, almost all rooted in mindfulness. Time. That's why in the beginning we said we pay attention to attention uh, to bring awareness to some of that stuff. So uh, there's no question that uh, this is a big deal. And uh, Lydia, I'm so grateful that you came on the show and, uh, and shared your thoughts. Um, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. Everyone, our support tonight is great. And uh, go buy Lydia's book. Again, it's L I D I A, last name is E Y L O W S K A. The book's name is The Mindful Prescription for Adult ADHD. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Adventure Talk Radio. Catch us next week. Take care.